Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC Podcast, Behind the Pulpit. This Sunday, we kicked off our Christmas series called Good News of Great Joy, and Pastor Brandon talked about the good news of the King. Today, I'll be joined by Brandon and John to discuss Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, well, I'm here with Brandon and John. Uh, Great to have you guys here. Good to be here. Yeah, same. Get to share the podcast studio with John today. (laughs) (laughs) It feels good to be here, yeah. Yeah, it's the first time that the three of us have got together and recorded, so it should be a lot of fun. Or it'll be really bad. (laughs) (laughs) You just won't post it if it's real bad. (laughs) Well, we uh, kicked off a a brand new series uh, this past week, and um, it's our Christmas series. So I thought before we got into the message to kind of, Brandon, get your thoughts on kind of Christmas series in general and then the thought process in, in planning this one. Yeah, um, Christmas series are, are really hard to plan. Um, it's funny because I love Christmas. I really, mm. I enjoy everything about it. Like I, I'm a Christmas holiday spirit kind of person. Um, but when it comes to doing a series, it's it's so hard because if you do it every year, there's only so much material you can cover, <laughs> right? You can only talk about mary's song and the shepherds and the you know the magi so many times before you feel like okay i've done this and i think that's one thing that's that's challenging for preaching generally is you forget that people forget stuff that you've said before and you think like everything i've ever said i can't repeat and so that makes it hard um so anyway for this series you know, we had kicked around a bunch of different ideas. I think I emailed you like a week and a half or something before <laughs> we were supposed to start. Like, I came in, do any of these series sound good? And then literally the morning we were going to meet to talk about it, I had been listening to a podcast um, that was just about the Gospels generally. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about just this whole idea of good news and expanding the concept of gospel beyond just jesus's death and resurrection but this whole larger picture of jesus Mm. coming and how you know jesus would have been good news for you know the people living you know in this kind of different climate and i just thought i just thought it was a really interesting idea and i was really kind of captivated by the podcast and so it just got the wheels turning about how we could frame you know just this christmas story within the larger narrative of who jesus is and what he came to do and so um, yeah, I felt like it was Christmassy enough, but it allowed us to, um, talk about Jesus in a way that at least for me feels a little bit more interesting and maybe has a, I don't know, more of a fuller application, I guess. Yeah, yeah definitely. No, I mean, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fresh way for us to approach it this year in terms of looking at the different gospels and how each writer is presenting kind of this narrative or how he chooses to present it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kind of with that being said, you you kicked off the series and talking about the good news of the king, right? And, and this idea of Jesus um, being our king and Mark wanting us to know that. Um, you know, what are some of the things that maybe as you were kind of looking through Mark's gospel kind of stood out that said, oh yeah, there, this is a, a heavy theme here. Yeah. And then, you know, after kind of going into uh, now having given the message kind of what are the things that you want to emphasize and, you know, maybe add on after having preached it? Yeah. I, I mean, just generally, 
the the whole idea of the kingdom is something that like I've been super super fascinated by in the last year or so of just what is the kingdom of God what does it mean and you know what does it mean for us as kingdom people and so yeah when we laid out this series I was excited to talk about it but I wasn't I wasn't actually sure how how well it was going to fit with Mark because the kingdom is I mean, it's not just a Markan idea. It's it's really mm. heavily um, involved in the Matthew Gospel and, and Luke, um, and so going into the study part of it, I I was kind of unsure if that was actually going to work for this week. But it turns out, yeah, it's. I mean, it is a really strong and present theme there. Obviously, the idea, the idea of Mark's Gospel starting off with the kingdom um, being being present, coming near. Um, probably the coolest thing that I encountered in studying that obviously didn't fit into the, the message itself was there's this whole idea in Mark that's one of the main themes of the book. It's called the Messianic Secret. Hmm. And this idea that throughout the gospel, the disciples don't fully understand who Jesus is. It's like Jesus's true identity, the reality of what it means that he's the Messiah and King, they don't get at all. And even in the passage I referenced in the message where they're like, who is this? Even Mm. the wind and the waves obey him. That's kind of a projection of that theme. Like they're Mm. like, who is this guy? We don't understand him yet. And it's not until uh, Jesus literally dies on the cross that there's this soldier nearby that says like, oh, like surely this man was the son of God. And that that idea of son of God actually has real kingship kind of connotation. Like surely this literally was kind of this this royal king and that's really only fully revealed revealed in Jesus's um, death. And so I just think that's really cool that it all ties together from him coming to usher in the kingdom and how that's fully realized in his death and how our understanding of him as king while it includes all this other mm-hmm. stuff, like it comes down to, you know, him not as like a powerful triumphant king, even though he is, but it's this humble sacrificial king. And so, yeah, um, I'm not sure what question I was answering, but uh, that was just something yeah. that I thought was super cool and yeah. super interesting. And, um, but yeah, overall, I think from the message, at least, um, I just love that though, the simplicity of the idea of like the reign of God and mm. that, um, that distinction between Jesus as savior and Jesus as Lord is one that I think is, is really, um, is a big part of how people view Jesus now. It's like, mm. we love Jesus as savior, but I'm not sure we embrace him as Lord in the way he invites us to, Yeah, you know, like Jesus is kind of just yeah like a helper like he does he kind of he helps us get where we need to go but we're often not super excited about going where he wants us to go Mm. and so Mm -hmm. i think just making that distinction and um talking about that was definitely something that i I think i talk about a lot but it's a theme that i think is really important for us as the church today Mm -hmm. is not to lose sight of like hey there's there's actually a a, a claim on your life is the way i put it yeah yeah, I mean, I I love that 
that distinction, like you said, it's so important, right, for us to see that, understand the difference that he's both, right? He's Savior and he's Lord. And this is especially where I want to get your thoughts on too, John, is, you know, in the, in the youth today, right? As Brandon talked about how it's so easy to, to view, you know, to embrace this idea of Jesus as a friend, you know, as our Savior, as our helper, as our supporter, but this idea of Lord, right, as king, as ruler, um, kind of as you work with youth and, and you see the younger generation, you know, uh, Brandon talked about just the different kinds of kings that oftentimes compete with Jesus in our life, right? What are some of the things that you see amongst the, the younger generation today? Um, are there things that have changed since you were youth? Is it kind of the same, same ones kind of consistently throughout the years? Um, but yeah, speak on that a little bit. With the youth nowadays, I don't think a lot has changed in terms of uh, kings and, and what they, uh, a lot, mm. things change all the time, but I think the, the bottom line is the same. Uh, the way youth look at themselves, the way they look at uh, grades, or the way they look at um, uh, just um life is yeah it's it's always been the same when i was a youth i feel like mm. it was so important to uh, be a certain way look a certain way um walk and talk and feel this way in order to make my life the best possible that it can be mm. and uh when we i mean yeah and then when it comes to jesus being king and as lord versus savior i always remember that being tough to kind of preach for myself, I was like, mm. it was easier to preach as like, ah, he's, he's here for you, he's gonna save you, he's gonna, he died on the cross for you, so that's easier to look at than, you know, okay, now you gotta serve and follow and mm -hmm. obey. It's like, I don't like that part. I, mm. I still don't like that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, What what is it about that, do you think, it, that makes it so hard? that makes it hard to preach or to, to talk to kids about that component. Cause it's easy to talk about the other side. Like <laughs> that's, that's the good news. It's like yeah. the gospel is that, that I feel like is I can hype kids up about God being so good because look what he did for you. But then it's like, okay, now that you're here, let's, we got to work on all these other things. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Brandon? What, what do you, why is that oftentimes a challenge? Um, not just for us as maybe as leaders, shepherds, teachers, but just faith in general, that it's easy to see Jesus as Savior, friend, all those things, but what makes the kingship part so hard? I mean, I think the root of it is like, that's the nature of sin, right? Is mm -hmm. like to want to do things our own way. It's literally, you know, when you go back to the garden, it's like, oh, like, no, I don't want to do it your way because this way seems like it would be better for me. And so like this inclination towards self and selfishness, um, it's, it's like the human condition, right? Mm -hmm. Like I want to do what will get me the most amount of utility, right? The most amount of money, popularity, whatever it is. And it, it's a leap of faith to believe that following Jesus will actually get me something better like mm. and, and without any guarantee of what that looks like because you always have to caveat that right like even in that message you know like 
Jesus's way is better. Yeah. But you have to play the long game there. Like it's probably not going to be better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you follow Jesus, it's going to be harder probably for, you know, 80% of the time and you're going to have to make choices you don't want to make and you know, there are consequences that you don't really want to deal with and to trust that it is actually better at some point mm-hmm. or that it's better for you or that it's better for your soul or whatever. That's not tangible at all. And so, um, I, I think it's hard for us to talk about because to paint a picture of that, that feels genuine mm-hmm. and say, here's how it will be better for you. Um, that's, that's hard. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So for, so if we're like kind of uncertain about saying that, then I can only imagine why that's hard. Mm-hmm. you know for somebody to well even for us right like i mean we're not above that right like it's it's a lot of times hard to trust that like pursuing god's way is better than you know the other way mm-hmm. one of the stories that i or illustrations i was going to share in the message that i ended up cutting was even just like continually processing through the call to ministry as mm-hmm. like a super tangible real life example that we, we are all living that there's this belief that like this is the life God wants. And we chose this. Yeah. <laughs> God wants me to do this and it'll be good for my life. I would not have chosen to be a pastor if I thought it was bad. Mm-hmm. But there's this constant tug of war in my mind of like, is this like better? We were just talking about that yeah. like in our private conversation, right? Like you look at people and like what what other people have and smart homes and yeah super nice cars and like we're never gonna have that and intellectually and on a faith level i can say okay this life is better like the the purpose that god has called us to is better but there are moments for sure when i'm like but man that would be really cool (laughs) if i had that stuff you know and so it's just you know like it's it's a it's a faith thing and and it never I don't think we're made to ever fully like just be settled in that. Like, Mm. okay, this is for sure better. It's, it's always a challenge. So, yeah. 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 I mean, it's interesting as, as you guys were talking too, right? Even simple statements like blessed are the poor, blessed are the poor in spirit, or it's, it's better to give than to receive. Yeah, sure. Jesus. Yeah. Right. Like there's, there's a part of us that thinks that like, no, 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 it's, it's true, but it's nice to be rich too. Yeah. It, it's nice to receive. Yeah. And even those like t- inner tensions, right. It, it's so hard to fully believe, right. That God's way being obedient, that word obey, obeying everything is a better life. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, as I was listening to you guys speak to it, it brought to mind just, you know, John, especially as you were talking to youth about youth and just the different Kings that they have. Right. Um, how how much how impactful the role of parents are in that mm. you know what i mean just blatantly like at the end of the day you're a little kid right you know yeah we have sin but you know you're not taught like money is a better king grades are a better king mm. image you know it's like you're you're told right and how much for us as parents right the kings we have those are the ones we impart to our kids Right, yeah. whether directly or indirectly, consciously, subconsciously, and um, you know this this question is so much bigger than us, right? Because kids are growing up and they just want to be loved, 
They want to be blessed and they're going to learn what do I need to do mm-hmm. to get that. And as parents, that's ultimately what we're cultivating. We're cultivating like who's the king in their lives. Mm-hmm. And ultimately it's going to come down to who the king in our lives are and who we pass down and who we tell them is king or better yet who we show them yeah. is king, right? We could tell them whatever we want to tell them, but it's what we show them through our words, our actions, our emotions, our responses, right? Um, that is ultimately going to shape their hearts. Right? So it was just an eye opener of like how yeah. impactful it is, you know, when it comes to raising the next generation. Yeah. I was thinking that too. when when you were talking, John, that like, yeah, it's funny how, it's all the same Kings. Right. And, and like that hasn't changed, but I do think, and maybe this is just me now that I'm older. I, I look at our youth today and I, I just feel like they have it so hard. I mean, I always mm-hmm. felt that way when I was doing youth ministry and now as I get further away from it, like just have so much compassion for kids these days. Cause even to your point, Eric, I do think that academic pressure has gotten way harder yeah. because parents today are so much more intense about it. Like, like kids, you see that in, in almost all of our kids, how like grades and school just defines their identity, their value. Um, you know, at least, you know, and I, I'm, I want to be careful how I say this. Like, I think if you were honest, John, and if I was honest about what our the uh, the parents of our kids' top priority was for them, I would say 99% of them, it's it's great. It's, it's school. It, it's more important to them that their kids are doing well academically than spiritually. Mm-hmm. And you see that in the way, even the idea of like, and I don't know, I'm a, Maybe when my kids are in youth, I'll do this too. But like the idea of like you can't go to church because you didn't do your homework, or 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 you know, mm-hmm. or or grounding someone from church because because their 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 schoolwork isn't up to par. And like I get why that's effective because kids want to go to church and their friends are there. But you just think about the message that that sends. Like that's that's less important than that. And mm-hmm. so you know, it's just I think that's the part that's completely intensified even from when we were kids and even when we started doing youth ministry together there was kind of like everyone's always cared about school and grades but now there's like this intensity to it that just mm-hmm. feels so like like we've talked about this like like we're, it's us against them like we're actually fighting a battle yeah. with the parents for you know whether church is actually important and that's that's challenging mm-hmm yeah, that's a good point. It's it's tough. I mean, it's tough for the kids. I think it's tough for the parents. They're battle, you know, they're balancing things, and mm-hmm. I, I get that. I think school is important, and then it's, I think it's tough for me as a youth director trying to preach to how good God is and how important God is, just above anything else. Where, mm-hmm. but when grades are, you know, if not there, probably more important than God. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Now you just you throw on things like sports. Right. Yeah. Music, mm-hmm. dance, all the extracurriculars that, you know, my generation as parents have, have raised that, raised the bar on that, where there's an intensity with grades, but now there's an intensity with those things too. For sure. And yeah. as a young person trying to carry the weight of that um, and then trying to, you know, be a disciple on top of that and, and trying to figure out how that 
that fits into each other. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that they have social media now and just yeah. this whole like image king. Like, mm. oh my gosh. Like, again, like you said, image has always been, you know, something that's important to youth and something that's been a king for them. But nowadays, it's like, again, it's like on steroids because yeah. they're, every part of their life is on display. And so. Yeah, I I can't imagine how hard it would be, um, to, to yeah to, to be forced, you know, like right, what kind of high schooler isn't gonna be on Instagram or whatever? Yeah. But then if you are, the the pressure that comes with that image wise, it's crazy. Yeah, that's so tough. Social media, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, you're on. If you're in high school, junior high. I think it just makes your life worse. You just feel mm. crummier about who you are. Yeah. And but you can't stop. If you don't have it, you're out. If you do have it, you're just being compared to everyone else. Yeah. And it's just like that with everything. So it's yeah, whether it's looks, grades, sports, you'll post everything you do and then you'll see everyone else's. So your entire twenty four seven life is just compared to everyone else, your hundreds of followers. Yeah. I think all the time, like if that had existed when we were in high school, I would have been miserable. I would have spent my every waking moment of every day thinking about what people thought of me. I remember, you know, when we were like, like, uh, instant messenger, like it just come out and you could have like your little like profile in your AIM thing. And you could like put information about yourself yeah. there. <laughs> and like how I would agonize over like what would be in that like <laughs> tiny little space. Yeah. Mm. And it would stress me out. And then like, how much more intense it is now with pictures yeah, and yeah. everything you're presenting about yourself and yeah even just, your yeah. own sense of identity right like yeah it's it's great yeah i mean just even the screen name or whatever that she yeah. shows uh-huh. you spent so much time doing that because everyone knew you as that and yeah you, you wanted to be either cool or funny or something and it mm-hmm. just that's who you were yep yeah it's amazing as you as you guys are describing this you know i'm thinking of the christmas story right and jesus is king and how his birth God made himself more accessible, right, Mm -hmm. through Jesus. And as I'm listening to you guys talk, I'm thinking how these other kings, these counterfeit kings, how over time they are making themselves more accessible. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So through social media, like kids can have it in their hands and see how everybody thinks about them Mm 24-7, right? The whole idea of image, grades, I mean, tutors, academies, classes, extra, you know, sports club teams private training like every king that competes with jesus mm-hmm. i mean there's an enemy behind it who is making it more and more accessible yeah right and it's kind of a scary it's like depressing as we talk about this I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh this is the world that our <laughs> our youth are growing up in our our, our kids are growing up in yeah. um but yeah it just came to mind like yeah these kings it's they're not just like neutral sitting back waiting for our kids to decide whether they want to turn to them or not like these kings are pursuing our kids yeah pursuing the younger generation and that's scary i like how you tied that into the christmas story and what this podcast is actually about (laughs) because it was just like three old guys sitting around complaining oh these kids today it's still me as the old guy but like the next generation is screwed (laughs) Uh, well shifting on that i think just building on that right um it's obvious there are kings, counterfeit kings, the enemy that is competing for our hearts, right? Uh, most believers probably wouldn't like 
full on intentionally choose to make something else or someone else king. You know, like, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus, but he's like Prince, <laughs> you know, like my car is king, right? But we know that they, they have kings and we have kings. So, mm-hmm. so kind of speak into what are some ways to be able to tell, you know, what are some indicators that, you know what, maybe our heart isn't fully surrendered over to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's to this. And what are some of those maybe signs that would point us and reveal what our actual kings might be? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would start by saying, like, I think I agree that that people wouldn't necessarily like consciously like. Ch- I I don't know. I guess maybe I don't totally agree with that assumption. Mm, is uh-huh. that I I think part of it is like one like we've lost this ability or you know we talked about how hard it is for us as pastors to like you know give those hard messages about following and just just the culture today is. I think we frame Jesus in a way where we allow people off the hook Mm. and we don't talk about it enough to where I think people are faced with this choice of like, choose who your king is. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, (laughs) you know, do your best, you know, I mean, we're, you know, even in the message on Sunday, you know, there's a million ways, you know, I'm tempted to caveat this idea, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. um, I think there's one, like a lack of awareness to like, that's, that's the call, you know, like Jesus should literally be your King. But I also think, I think there's plenty of times we know what we're doing Mm, (laughs) when we do it. You know, it's like, like, I know exactly what I'm doing when, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about money or, or whatever it is, you know, like, but I mean, to your point, I think you're right that like, there is a need for more awareness and, and to, to be able to identify those things and at least just acknowledge them. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the, obviously money is one, one King generally, mm-hmm. but I do think it's also a really important one because it reveals a lot about the other Kings that we have. Yeah. You know, like, you know, where you're, you know, where you spend your money, that's where your treasure is. Right. And that's where mm-hmm. your heart is. And so, I think that's a great indication of what's important to you is how do you spend your money? You know, it's, are you spending it all on you know, possessions for yourself? Are you spending it all on, you know, yeah, <laughs> I say deep prep classes. <laughs> are you spending it all on, you know, sports and yeah. club teams? Are you spending it all on and whatever it is, but that's going to say a lot about what mm-hmm. you care about. Um, so that's a great starting point or, uh, just, I think what you spend a lot of time thinking about and dreaming of, you know, I spent way too much time thinking about like, <laughs> like last year, I don't think I've, I was going to save the story for a message or something, but last year I was doing this, um, like I play daily fantasy football on my phone. I do all the free contests and I got really far in this, um, like survive where you pick who's going to win the games. And I got to this point where I was like a week away from potentially winning like, I don't know, $50,000 or something. And I just had to make like <laughs> one or two more correct picks. Obviously, I, I, didn't, I didn't make it. <laughs> but the amount of time I spent thinking about what I could do with that money or just, you know, just, just this fantasy you run through in your yeah. head. Well, well, if I had more money, I could do this and this and this and this. Yeah. And that just, you know, I, I realized that after... 
after that was all said and done and I lost and it was like, okay, that was a bummer. Yeah. I was still disappointed that I lost, but it was like eye opening. Like, oh my gosh, mm. the idea that I could have just this kind of finite sum of money more, how much I thought that could improve my life versus just like, you know, praying or just trusting God. You know, like I really yeah. thought that was going to change my life for the better. And that shows a lot about, mm. you know, who I think is, is king. And you so mean all was, 50 wasn't going to go to charity or <laughs> well, church? I, or I was going to tithe it for sure, but, I mean, you know, yeah. probably going to... Well, Alyssa would have made me save all of it, but I was yeah. thinking, well, I'm going to just take this much for myself. Yeah. But, you know, With you run $50 dollars I get to spend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, that's yeah. a great example. Yeah. What, do, what, about, what, what about you? What do you think, John, in terms of youth and helping them kind of recognize uh, maybe some just blatantly will say it. You know, I, I heard, a, I heard a youth kid tell his youth pastor once of, Hey, I, I know you really, I know I should go to church, but come on, man, it's finals, <laughs> right? Like just yeah. blatantly. So, I mean, there are those occasions, but just in general, maybe for, for the youth or just people in general, your peers, you know, how to recognize some of those Kings in their life. Yeah, that life and what you were talking about, money, they both go a long way as you kind of just keep digging deeper into those two. Yeah. What do you think about and where does your wallet go? Those will uh, reveal everything about who you are. That and I think who you spend your time with. Mm-hmm. So your friends yeah. or whatever group you're in will develop and become, you know, you, you start to do things and become an act and even sound like those around you if you spend enough time with them. And that becomes who you are and they can become your kings. So, yeah. Yeah. What I wanted to do was, um, as you were talking, Brandon, just, you know, as leader, sometimes it's hard to just say it, you know, it's one thing to, you know, like you said, sometimes it's hard to recognize these kings because we're not always clear what it looks like for Jesus to be king. Mm. And we want to give caveats, and sometimes it's easy to, you know, we want, we don't want to offend. So I thought this would be a great time, right? What would you want to say? Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, John, you're you're looking at your youth kids, Brandon. You know, we're we're looking at our congregation that we've been entrusted with. Like, this is what it looks like to make Jesus king. Mm-hmm. This is what your life looks like. Period. If it doesn't look like this, Jesus is not your king. W- what would you say? John, you look like you want to answer that question first. I could tell. He, lo- he loves these kinds right? of messages. I know. <laughs> you know, in short, I would just say that it's it's someone that wakes up and and thinks about God. And they, they pick up their Bible, and that's the first thing they do. And I think that just kind of directs the rest of their life. You, you do everything else still, but that's that drives who you are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's a great answer. You know, I'm going to answer this in a roundabout way, as I always do. But one of the things that I was thinking about as um, as you were asking John that last question was, I think it's so easy for us to let ourselves off the hook because we dissociate church, like church and um, spiritual disciplines and all that stuff from actual, like, faith so it's easy for someone to say Mm -hmm. well i love god and i follow god but like going to church praying reading the bible like 
and that's not that's not that important what's really important is like my inner life mm. and so i guess the way i would answer that is like those things all matter and to kind of just own up to that you mm-hmm. know so like when we say things are important like going to church is important like yeah like it might not be perfect every week but that's important reading your bible is important praying is important that we would just acknowledge you know what like god says that's important so i'm going to do those things and like yeah the, the inner life is important too but i do think um yeah I, I think it's so easy for us to rationalize which of the like jesus things we want to do as it kind of fits our agenda and as we kind of like in our own wisdom think well this is actually what's important it's like no like just just do the things that you're called to do and we all know what those things are mm-hmm. and so um yeah that's what i would say yeah yeah no that's awesome and i, and I think wait, wait you have to answer too yeah Hey, I'm the host, man. I got to be on Brian and John, get yeah. yourselves in trouble with everybody. Let's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's move on. No, I mean, I I agree. I mean, that the thought, the words that came to my mouth, I mean, that came to mind was just do what the Bible says, mm. right? Like, period. Yeah. There, it's, there's no comma. There's no but. There's no, you know, however. It's just do what it says, right? Period, right? And I think yeah. that's the part where our job is to expound on that, right? Part yeah. of the Great Commission, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think, I think that's it. And and I, and I I think just sitting here talking with you guys, you know, feeling that conviction of like, yeah, we need to preach that too. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to preach Jesus Savior for sure. You know, Jesus Friend, but Jesus is King, and and to be so clear in terms of what it looks like, not because we're trying to be mean, but because we're teaching truth. Yeah. To be so clear that someone who listens is not confused as mm-hmm. whether Jesus is their king or not. Yeah. Now, if they choose to make something else their king, that's ultimately on them, right? But if if they're unsure because we're kind of, you know, not clear, then that's on us. Yeah. So I think, you know, this conversation has been awesome in that sense of seeing the importance of it and how prevalent it is in our culture that it's so easy to have all these other kings but kind of also convicting on us of like, yeah, we got to do our part to to make it as clear as we can so that they can choose accordingly. Yeah. Right, so. Yeah. Cool. Well, with that kind of being said, is there anything else that you guys want to add or share on anything that we've talked about so far? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. King Stomach is calling me. <laughs> King Taco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you still got another couple hours, man. Eat. <laughs> now, which will win, the Image King or the <laughs> Stomach King in this one? Stomach King is every time. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about intermittent fasting, if anybody's curious. We so. should do a whole podcast on that. It's just, just me yeah. and you, John. We yeah. can talk about that for hours. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys both for uh, yeah sharing your thoughts and you know this is what's awesome. It's a Christmas series that you know Brandon. I know we talked, but it's so challenging. It's hard and 
it's hard to make it fresh and new, yet taking this topic, Jesus King, which isn't new, it's so relevant. And I think today's conversation just highlights just how important and relevant it is. So mm. thank you guys both for sharing on that. Yep. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. All right. Well, hope uh, everyone enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, have a great rest of the week. <laughs>